0: Let's pray. God, we know that you are with us because you've promised to be with us always. So God, may your spirit move powerfully in us and through us to open us up, to open our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds so that we might hear a word from you. And God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen we're in a series about wilderness. We're looking at wilderness stories and the Bible stories that happen in or have something to do with the wilderness. In the Bible, the concept of wilderness refers not to one exact location on a map, but to a particular type of ecosystem— A particular type of ecosystem that's located in several different places. In the Old Testament, the Israelites for 40 years wandered through the wilderness that's located between Egypt and the Promised Land. The image behind me is the Judean wilderness, it's located inside the Promised Land just north of the Dead Sea. Wilderness, wherever it is located, is vast and rugged. It's a place that has very little water and no food in sight. It's a place where no one lived and very few traveled. In other words, like we said last week, the wilderness is a land without... A land without the things that other places had. It's a land without water, without food, without people, without roads, without safety, without security, without civilization. So when wilderness shows up in the Bible, when it does more than 300 times, it's intended to make us think less about one particular place and more about a particular type of experience. An experience in the wilderness— is an experience in a vast, rugged place where the necessities of life aren't easily found, where we are pushed to our limits, where we question our own capabilities, where we wonder whether we'll be able to make it through. The Israelites spent time in the wilderness. Jesus spent time in the wilderness. We spend time in the wilderness. For many, this season of quarantine and social distancing feels like a wilderness season. These are hard times, it's true, but this is not the only wilderness season we've known. Do you remember Hurricane Harvey? It seems like a million years ago, but that was wilderness. If you've ever lost someone you've loved, you've known the wilderness. Wilderness. If you've ever longed for a child that you couldn't have, you've known the wilderness. If you've ever gotten a diagnosis that was not good, if you've ever lost a job, if you've ever ever battled depression or addiction, if you've ever had to care for a child or a parent who was in a bad way, well, then you've known wilderness. It's any season of life where we feel vulnerable, hungry, sad, angry, abandoned, discouraged, at our wits' end, we know, you know, the wilderness. But if we pay close attention to Scripture, we'll discover that the wilderness is not a waste. The time we spend in the wilderness is not wasted. Rather, the wilderness, even if it looks like a wasteland, is in fact a wonderland a unique ecosystem where God transforms us as people into people we could not become in any other setting. The wilderness, whether we've entered it willingly or been forced there by sad circumstance, the wilderness is a place where God's people are equipped physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually for all the work that God wants us to do in the world. Our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Luke. It's a story of Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus has been baptized by John in the River Jordan. It's this powerful scene in Luke chapter 3. The heavens break open. The Spirit descends like a dove. God's own voice from heaven says to Jesus, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And that leads us into our story this morning. Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And let me pause right there. Did you catch that? Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being in the wilderness does not mean that you are far from God. Being in the wilderness does not mean that God has abandoned you or cast you out. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness and nowhere does it say that the Spirit leaves him. If you've, ever be, if you've ever been in the wilderness, I believe that God was right there with you. If you feel like you're in the wilderness right now, I know that God is right there with you. Let's start again in verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil... He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am someone who likes to have information. Because there's a part of me that believes that if I have the information, I can find answers or even if i can't find answers i can at least make a decision because i like to have answers i like to make decisions i like to uh, I, I like to know what the answer will be i like to know how to plan for the future i thrive on certainty and what i've been feeling for oh say the last 149 days is the opposite of certainty when will this be over i don't know w- will there be a vaccine we don't know. When will we be able to do X, Y, or Z? How will the kids go back to school? When will the kids go back to school? Will we ever shake hands again? I don't know. This global pandemic and season of social distancing has given me so many more questions than answers. Wilderness times are times when we have a lot of questions. What are we going to do? Are we going to make it? Where will we find the strength? Where will we find the money? What are we going to eat? Deeper questions, too. Does God know what we're going through? Does God care that we are suffering? If God knows and if God cares, is God able to provide for us as God has promised? And if God is able, will he Can we rely on God to provide what we need? We've got a lot of questions, and we're always looking for answers. It turns out that in the wilderness, God has a question for us, too. Just one, will you trust me here? Will you trust me here in the wilderness? Will you trust me when you don't have the answers? Will you trust me when you don't know the way? It's the wilderness question. Will you trust me, God asks. Will you trust me even in the wilderness? I've suggested already that wilderness is not a waste. That wilderness times are times when God can grow our faith. When our trust in God can become bigger and stronger, even if the devil tempts us to abandon that trust in God. We can see how if we look at how God uses the wilderness in Bible stories. Because in the Bible, God uses the wilderness in three very important ways. To humble, to test, and to teach. To humble, to test, to teach. The people of Israel in the Old Testament, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses tells us why. We read it earlier in the service from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness? To humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. And Moses goes on to say, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands. Otherwise, when you do eat and are satisfied. When you build fine houses and settle down, and when your silver and gold increase, and everything you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. Pride and arrogance have no place among God's people, and the Lord used this extended wilderness time for Israel to humble the people. It was a transformation that couldn't have happened anywhere else. It was a transformation that could not have happened before while they were in Egypt, because Egypt was a place that fostered arrogance. In Egypt, they were like we are surrounded by human accomplishment and boasting, surrounded by outstanding achievements in language and literature and technology and medicine. It was like living in Houston. The biggest and tallest things around were made with human hands. But in the wilderness, the highest things on the horizon were things designed and established by God, Mountains that loom over us and make us feel small. Wide expanses where we begin to feel the full weight of our own limitations. No food, no water, no way to survive without God's help. In short, wilderness humbles. God can use the wilderness to humble us. But let me be clear, God does not intend to humiliate us in the wilderness or to punish us or to make us feel bad about ourselves or less than we should be. No, God simply uses the wilderness to remind us what has always been true. We, we are not God. We do not need to do it all on our own. This forms the basis of our relationship with God. We are not God, which means we can love and be loved by God. God uses the wilderness to humble, and God uses the wilderness to test. At a basic level, tests are simply sets of questions, questions that require us to make choices. The wilderness test is God's wilderness question, will you trust me? Will you trust me here? And this question means something different in the wilderness than it means in other places. In Egypt, for example, where the Israelites lived prior to their wilderness wandering, in Egypt, the Nile River makes possible one of the most reliable agricultural systems in all of the Middle East. Seasonal floods create fertile soil, which leads to a stable food supply. In Egypt, the fundamentals for survival were always in view— Will you trust the Lord in a place like that? Sure, it's an easy answer. Sure, Lord, I trust you. I've got everything I need. But when you move the question out of Egypt and into the wilderness, things change. There's more at stake. The question is personal. It's practical. Because the wilderness lacks food and water and everything else we need, but still God is asking, will you trust me here? Will you trust me to supply what you cannot see? Will you trust me when you don't have the information or the answers? Will you trust me when you don't know how to plan for the future? Will you trust me in the wilderness? This is what we see happening with Jesus in the story we read this morning. Jesus faces temptations, tests in the wilderness. And it's crucial to understand the story that we, that we think about Jesus being in the wilderness, because the fact that Jesus is in the wilderness introduces a high level of physical and mental stress into the story. Jesus has been fasting for nearly six weeks. Think about that. When the devil came to tempt Jesus, he didn't confront a well-rested, well-fed man, but one who had been weakened by a month-long lack of food. And we know that when people limit their food intake for this amount of time, their cognitive processes are also impaired. Their ability to focus and organize thoughts and to reason are all diminished. Jesus is fully immersed in a wilderness experience, and his example teaches us. His example shows us that a promise from God is better than bread when you're starving. This is what Jesus had, the father's promise to care for him, his beloved son with whom he was well pleased. Jesus was ravaged by hunger pangs in the wilderness, but his choice was to trust not his own ability, but his father's promise to provide all that he needed. Jesus was willing and able to put himself in the same circumstances as Israel, and then to succeed where they failed. Will you trust me? The father asked. Will you trust me here in the wilderness where the fundamentals of survival are not in view? Israel consistently said, no, no, take us back to Egypt, make it like it was before. Jesus, though, in that same place, with that same hunger deep inside him, said, yes, God, I will trust you here. This brings us to our last point. The Lord uses the wilderness to teach, to teach us that when we are facing austerity and uncertainty and challenge of any kind, to teach us just how capable, how caring, and how reliable God is. When Israel wandered through the wilderness, God sent them manna to eat. They were hungry, and God sent them bread from heaven. It was something that no mortal could ever provide. And as a result, The wilderness developed the spiritual health of Israel in a way that neither Egypt nor the promised land could because they could not rely on themselves. They had to rely on God. The wilderness was never about punishment. It was always meant to be a place where God could teach the people who God was, where God could teach the people about God's full sufficiency that God really was was enough. That life with God really was all they needed. This is why the wilderness might just be a wonderland for us today, because only in the wilderness, only in a time where it seems like the world is on fire or falling apart, only in the wilderness can we begin to let go of the idea that we can or have to do it all on our own. Maybe, maybe it's only in the wilderness that we can begin to wonder what God might do through us and for us. But, but here's the real talk. If I could choose, if I were allowed to choose all the circumstances of my life, I would pick Egypt over the wilderness every single time. Because in Egypt, I have the information. In Egypt, I have the answers. I have the ability to gather and to get what I need, to do and to dare what I want. And yet, along with the rest of the world, I find myself in the wilderness, and not for the first time. So I wonder, could God be using this season of wilderness to humble me, to remind me that I'm not God, and that I shouldn't be, but that I can love God and be loved by him? Is God using this season of wilderness to test me, to see how much I will trust the Lord? Is God using the wilderness to teach me, to teach me that I can trust the Lord to provide everything I need? We have all sorts of questions. Does does the Lord know what's going on? Does the Lord know where we are as a country, as a city, as a world? Does the Lord know what we're going through? Does the Lord care about the pain and fear that we feel? If God knows and if God cares, is God capable of helping when we need it most? These are our questions. Will God provide the assistance that we need? The answer is yes. The Lord is absolutely dependable. The wilderness makes clear what has always been true. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Let's pray. God, you are with us through all our trials and temptations. So lead us now through the wilderness. Open us to your presence and show us how to feast on the bread of your word so that we might worship and serve you with joy and delight in uprightness of heart, through the grace of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.